Odafest listeners, and welcome back to Season 9, Episode 8, Episode 233, wow, Holy. of the Odafest Podcast. Hooray! That's a lot of episodes. That's a lot of episodes. I'm That's back, I'm Dio, and I'm here with some lovely people, including... Jay. Angelo. Nancy. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah, that's, I mean, it's correct. It's the, it's the right people. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bro, that, that did, that, that did, I'm, I'm looking at everyone and that threw me off. But We're yeah. here to flashbang Dio. We, yeah, give me, give me a, a flashbang mental, uh, but make sure that you don't get flashbanged uh, by your uh, last chance to get uh, the early bird prices. On your Odafest weekend passes, uh, they're available now at the early bird price of fifty nine thirty seven, including Eventbrite fees. Uh, go to odafest.com uh, to pick those up. You already missed the first tier, uh, and you don't want to miss the second tier of early bird pricing. So make sure you go get that. Odafest.com, fifty nine thirty seven, including fees. Yes, a whole con yes. weekend. Indeed. A whole weekend of fun and enjoyment and hanging out with your friends. And spending money on other stuff. Indeed. Buying buying yourself all your favorite fancy nerdy goodies and trinkets and prizes and treasures. Yes. Treasures. Like that's bowls the of ramen. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't get bowls of ramen. Uh, I could use a bowl of ramen right now. Yeah, you're 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 a little grumbly. Your tummy's upset. Your throat's a little raw. Yeah. Last mm. Odafest, I think we, I think I went to the ramen bar every single day. It was it fantastic. Did? Yeah, and it was good. Yes, mm. it was really good. It was ten out of ten experience. I loved it. Good use of your experience time. Yes, indeed. Yes, mm. I, I will say one of the sort of one thing that I've noticed. It's an experience I haven't had at any other convention that i've been to is that we we really pull in a lot of like the local japanese food fair like you get to go to konbini and you can get japanese snacks and confectionery mm. but you mm. can also go and get ramen from the ramen bar like mm. i've i've never had that experience at any other convention where you can have like japanese food at your japanese pop culture festival Mm, that melon oh, I know this isn't mm. something that we could do, but imagine if we somehow found a way to set up like a yokocho along Stephen Avenue. Oh my god! Just have a bunch of different Japanese food restaurants lining the road. I mean, Hell we get yeah. kind of close with the, we get kind of close with the with the food trucks. Yeah, true. It's not quite close. the same, but it's it's close. It's close. Close experience. It's close. Mm-hmm. It's close. It would be mm. nice. It would be cool. But I think for multiple reasons that would be against our event guidelines. But Mm. Nintendo has their own set of event guidelines that have uh, been causing something of a stir. Yeah, it's been interesting. Mm -hmm. So if you missed it, uh, just a week and a little bit ago, uh, Nintendo announced some guidelines around how uh, you must run community events uh, featuring Nintendo properties and Primarily, we see a lot of Smash Brothers tournaments, like here in Calgary, as well as at Odafest. Was it the year before that there was a big uproar about a specific uh, Smash Bros. Melee tournament? Yeah, it got canceled. That like right, Nintendo right up against to it. Rules lawyer out of existence. Oof. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. And so, the new the new guidelines 
are to try to stop any of that from happening again. And when I read the guidelines, my immediately thought my immediate thought is the only way that that doesn't happen again is because Nintendo's new community guidelines are making events so small as to be negligible. Yeah, I guess that's one way to read it. I I I'm I'm conflicted. There's a part of me that really really loves grassroots like community driven stuff. Like I love yeah. seeing what people who are just passionate about a thing and sit down and work together and organize and make it happen. And I love that's how that. Odafest started. Yeah, that's how we started. That's how Odafest started. So like I, I can I and look at us now. So, you know, there's a part of me that always really loves that and wants to see more of that. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I do understand. I don't necessarily agree with, but I understand why Nintendo is so strict with the use of its IPs and its intellectual property. Both because that's a really big thing in Japanese culture in general, and Nintendo is a Japanese company, um, but also because Nintendo in particular, the really big, their really big sort of selling point is not actually necessarily their games and their products themselves, but the perception of their brand and those products and games as a result. Mm-hmm. And they, I think, I think these guidelines are really trying to protect that and really uh, sort of like gatekeep the Nintendo brand and who has access to it and who can who can have Nintendo related events and gatherings. But I don't love it because to me, it really limits the fans and the fans are why you know, Nintendo exists and why Nintendo products are so popular is because people want them. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of like, it's a push and a pull. I think it's, it's an attempt to strike a balance, but I don't feel like it strikes a balance. Let's talk about what some of these uh, new restrictions are. are. Mm -hmm. So a couple of the big things would probably be the way that, uh, that, uh, how many participants you can have for one thing. Mm-hmm. If you have an in-person event, you can have a maximum of 200 participants. Now, I'm not 100% certain. I feel like the way that it's worded, it could be if it's a community tournament, you could have maximum 200 people playing in the tournament or 300 people if you're playing online. Now, that doesn't seem too bad. That actually seems like a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like that would be a big event to have like 300 online players it doesn't seem like it has any limitation on the amount of spectators the only limitation i saw on spectators is that uh for a participant you can charge them a maximum of 20 dollars to play for a spectator if they are in person they can pay a maximum of 15 dollars and with that the other thing that i read the participant fee that can go to the prize pool, but the spectator fee absolutely cannot. The spectator fee can only go towards costs to run the event itself. Mm-hmm. And that seems like a very specific distinction to the point where I wonder why they felt the need to make that distinction. 
Yeah, it yeah. is it is kind of interesting. Like, now for online spectators, gotta be free. No charge possible. Under no circumstances can you pay for online viewers. Yeah, and that's Rather, very fair. Can online viewers pay to view? Yeah. Um, and I think that's very fair. I 100%. think for spectators, I like for in-person spectators, like there are costs with running an in-person event that like having a spectator fee, you know, does make sense to cover things like if you're going to if you're going to seat people in a venue, well, you need to pay for that venue and for people to have a place to sit. It yes. can't just be Steve's garage. Yeah. And Darn. usually as, as well, like if people are paying for a seat, they probably, you know, want to have beverages, whether they're adult beverages or just regular beverages. Which is they might very funny. Have snacks. No, that's very funny. So one of the other guidelines was also that events are prohibited from selling food, beverages and or merchandise. Indeed. So it's like so. you can pay for only your seat. You cannot have the things that you would typically want in a sit down experience, like a beverage or snacks. And you are not allowed to make money on the event at all. No profit allowed. Yeah, you have to break even. Like your costs should either be, if for participants, it like people playing, it should be to fund their prize pool up to a set amount. Um, and then for people who are spectating, it can only be to cover the cost of people coming in to spectate. So like your lights and AV rental, your venue rental, it's 50, 50. Like on one hand, I understand why they don't want people to sell merchandise because that gives the impression of sponsorship. That you're, that you're officially uh, licensed or sponsored yeah, licensed. Or, or something. Or like an officially um, sponsored event. And I understand why Nintendo might be saying no alcohol, because, again, a big part of their branding is, is being family friendly. friendly. Is, mm -hmm. Exactly. Is being family friendly. And alcohol isn't necessarily family friendly. But I would make the argument, again, I'm thinking back to Odafest and what we do. We are a family friendly event, but we do have some adults only content. Mm -hmm. um, we do. I'm we have going after to hours. the Kyoto Aquarium, and I can get a beer there. Come on. <laughs> I mean, that's also true. Like lots of family-friendly uh, uh, events and venues do have, you know, uh, alcohol where you know you get ID'd, of course. And mm -hmm. we do the same thing at Odafest mm -hmm. when we have like 18 plus panels. We ID people coming into the panel rooms to make sure they're of age. I don't think that Nintendo trusts gamers with beer. I, I correct. I don't think. I think in general. I don't think Nintendo trusts gamers at with all. being family friendly at all. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Yeah. They'd be in right. fairness, they're not wrong. They're correct. right. The, they're correct. Yeah, uh, the, the established <laughs> history of competitive smash. Uh, environments and competitive smash a, in particular. Yeah, like it's it's. It's not known for wholesomeness. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, that's. I would say that is the most podcast safe way to put it. It is not particularly known to be wholesome or family friendly, which Fine. definitely is going to clash with Nintendo's brand identity and what they probably what they probably want for their events. Now, right. one last thing that uh, was in there was that any given prize. Any given prize at a at a Nintendo community event cannot be more than five thousand dollars US. Now, quite frankly, I think five thousand dollars US for a single prize is absolutely understandable. That's pretty good. 
quite frankly, if I got a, a month's wages for winning a Smash tournament, I'd be pretty happy. I, I think the thing, <laughs> I think the thing, unfortunately, that you're misinterpreting is that for a single prize doesn't necessarily, like, you can interpret that two ways. It could be the max is 5000 for a single individual prize. No, it is 5000 for a single individual prize. Now, there's a second part to that. What about the total prize pool? The total <laughs> amount of prizes that a organizer can hand out over the course of an entire year is a value of $10,000. Ah, so you see, this is where things become really quirky. Is mm -hmm. like, that means you can host at most, you know, if you want to hit that 5000 limit... You can, you can do two, two events. Two tournaments where or winners... Or two prizes. Two prize. You can do two events where it's winners take takes all. Or you do a series of much smaller prizes for your top three or... Or something. But even then... Or if you have one event and you use the entire $10,000 prize pool that you're allowed to offer. Yeah. Right. And you split it up. Where right. it's like maybe first place gets $5,000, second place gets some amount, third place gets some amount... But it's a little like, you know what I mean? 5000 for a single prize pool, I agree with you, is a lot of money. But if it's what that's your one prize pool for the whole year. 10000 is your prize pool for the whole year. Yeah. Like if, and 5000 no, no, no. is the maximum I mean, prize. as an individual winner. That's nothing. That's that's not huge. That's what I'm saying. So if hold up. Uh, okay. So um, question on the wording. Did they specifically specify that there was a cap on prize money or was it prize value? Prize value. Yeah. Oh. So that means there's a limit on how much cash you can get and also how much you can get based on a thing's value in cash. So if you get... A event organizer is allowed to give prizes that are goods, services, or cash. But they have to be tied back to some value. Yes. And that total value can't exceed ten thousand dollars yeah so but you could be like you can you can get around that you can be like this prize that i have it is worth one cent and there is one hundred thousand there's one hundred thousand of them but <laughs> while you can get around it um you're you're gonna have a tough time having your event be appealing like i would say cash prizes are big draws for esports events yeah, because I was thinking a, a cash prize is always going to be worth the most 100%. over uh, any other kind of prize. Hundred percent. But like, if the if the wording was like, "Oh, prize money is capped at five thousand. Okay, well, we can throw in other prizes that have a very good value, but isn't a cash prize. Isn't a cash prize. But if they're talking about just like prize value of total $5, value of prizes, yeah, that's that's very restrictive. It is very restrictive. And yes. it means that, like, let's say you're, and they do exist, let's say you're a professional Smash player. Mm -hmm. If you can only do, you know, a couple of events, if there's only going to be a couple of events per year that are hosted. If you've got to be winning every tournament every month to be making uh, 50 grand a year before tax, you might as well go flip burgers at McDonald's. Yeah. Like, Although, to be fair, if you're that good, you probably got other revenue streams. But point remains. It's a it's a it's it's a little it's a little restrictive. Nobody's going to be an esports. Uh, uh, nobody's going to make a living with Nintendo esports. Yeah. Well, yeah. And 
Nintendo's relationship with the competitive community is already quite tense. Rocky. Yeah. They, they canceled. They, they outright got the World Tour 2022. So last year, and I believe it was in November sometime, they got that canceled just like days out from the actual event. Yeah, I think it was like just, I think it was within like 72 hours. It was like, nope, no event. Absolutely none. Yeah. And, and that's that... part of why it was such a, a an outcry from the community. Because not only was it Nintendo not just pulling back any agreements they had, it was there were agreements until like three days for the event or something, like within a week of the event. And then suddenly, by the way, no, you can't do any of this. We've changed our mind. Hmm. We have altered the deal. Pray that we do not alter it further. And that that says to me that there's a lot of... They're a little out of touch with what their community actually needs and wants. That is an understatement. That is the understatement of the decade. Thank you. Nintendo is a cup. I've said this so many times, and we don't have Nintendo as a sponsor ever, do we? Mm-mm. We have Nintendo as a vendor partner sometimes. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to be nice then. Nintendo hates their customers. Wow, I'm scared to know what the... No, they just they just know how to... They just control their brand and their audience. Yeah. That's they're, all they're... If they hated their customers, they wouldn't be literally uh, one of the top media franchises in the world. I think technically speaking, they are the top media franchise in the world, uh, apart from like Disney's separate franchise, franchises. Yeah, and I, you're I, absolutely right. I would say it's a matter of indeed they tightly control their brand and their audience and who they want to sell to. Basically, um, if you express uh, a lot of love and passion for Nintendo products, Nintendo will put a boot on your throat. Yeah, Nintendo will not return quietly that... enjoy their products. It's a indeed. parasocial relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it really is yikes yikes uh yeah i again i i i part of me really wants this to be an attempt at outreach but it's me too. so clearly I, not like i want it to be a nice middle ground and maybe yeah. it's a stepping stone to a nice middle ground but i feel yeah. like it's not quite in the middle yet Mm -mm, mm -mm. And the only thing that really surprises me is after reading through it, 200 to 300 participants is actually a lot more per permissive than I expected. Yeah, it's actually not bad. Yes. It's a pretty good, that's, it's uh, a pretty that, good I feel size like that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, from parasocial to paranormal, <laughs> Nancy, I see here that Phasmo haunted your laptop what does that mean all right so my community's been trying to get me to do a halloween thing for a while because everybody knows that nancy doesn't do well with spoop not that kind of spoop anyway like i like the occasional cursed kind of spooky vibe but not that Don't level you play of that monster girls road trip game all the time yeah that's not spooky that's not spooky this is, That's phasmophobia is like sheer terror for me. 
Yeah, I think what Nancy's trying to say is she doesn't mind a creepy atmosphere, but she doesn't want to be actively scared. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good way of putting it. So uh, this year, uh, my, my hand was forced. Someone gifted me Phasmophobia, which means I Uh-oh. now have to play it. I don't have the excuse of I don't own the game. Shoot. Yeah. So, all right, fine. Halloween, we will try to do a Halloween stream. Halloween came and I got a horrible migraine right at lunch and uh, we have the lovely weather right now to prove that I did so uh two days later I just said it's fine I'll just I'll just do a makeup stream for my regular stream day so we moved it to a Thursday so on Thursday I'm getting everything set up everything's good starting the game up I can log in I can get into the menu settings cool I'll get into a lobby. I get into the lobby and everything crashes to the point where my machine just turns off. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, that's um weird. So commence Sounds like a yokai. <laughs> so commence a couple of attempts at trying to get my stream back up and running. So uh, unplugging my second monitor, turning off everything else other than Faz and OBS, uh, just running Faz. How about just streaming Genshin? No. No. My machine is now fully entirely cursed and will not will not allow me to stream anything, let alone boot up a game. My goodness, no. So, uh we got about as far as me joining a lobby and just just starting. And that was it. Uh, we got wow. to a point where some uh, satanic people showed up and started doing a, a demonic summoning circle, and and that's it. Everything crashed. So I decided uh, yesterday to take it apart and rethermal paste everything. Mm-hmm. So now my my machine will turn on. Okay, that's an improvement. It is an improvement. It will now turn on. I do not know if it is actually stream-worthy, though. Like, we're talking about a ship, and I'm not really sure she's seaworthy. Like, I don't think I'd feel okay with actually raising anchor and pushing her out into the sea. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. And so, I I guess Faz really just honestly has cursed my PC. Because I, yeah, I do but... not know that she'll ever be <laughs> able to unlucky. sail again. <laughs> The spooky ghosts were like, yes, we are going to fry your motherboard now. And like, actually fried. Actually fried. Like, for, for a solid, like, ten minutes after my last try at streaming, I don't think she would turn on again. Wow. Wow. My so God. I was actually a little terrified there for a bit. And I was just like, hey, everyone, I'm so sorry. Head over to this other person's stream while I deal with this. Bye. And so... I um, have... A few different voodoo uh, uh, options, mm-hmm. voodoo remedies to help mm-hmm. with that. Um, the yeah. one thing, the one voodoo remedy that I really love for computers, and this is harder for laptops now. It used to be really easy for laptops. Was that what you want to do? Unplug it, and if it's a bat laptop, take the battery out. You need absolutely no sources of power for the laptop. And then you want to push the power button like five or six times. Because what you're doing, you are clearing out any residual uh, uh, electricity in the capacitors so that next time the laptop boots up, it's really good. Now, it's really weird for that to happen. A well-made device, that will not work. But I have had laptops where I've had to do this. 
I've had laptops where the where if I switched from uh, Windows to Linux and then I went back to Windows, Windows wouldn't recognize my Wi-Fi card until I did that procedure. Now, I will remind the audience that since I have owned this machine, it has been a lot of a lemon. Not a bit of a lemon, a lot. This is the same machine that I had to bring back. That thing is like every citrus fruit known to man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. A whole salad. I'm pretty sure that is like a lemon where if you peeled it, you just find seeds inside. Like, I just, I had to bring this back to get the speakers fixed, the ethernets cursed, the... Like, there's just, I brought it back to the shop so many times. And uh, the fact... At what point do we just build you a desktop? Right. So now, now everyone's just like, look, Nancy, I just made you a PC part picker list. Like, just, just go buy. Just go. Just Just go go. do it. So now I'm going to have to consider, like, saving up basically the, uh, a similar amount to how much it costs for us to fly over to Japan and and back. Yeah. having parts for pc effectively so there it is my streaming machine is dead she is no. she is limping along. unlucky rest in peace which is unlucky. terrible news because uh alongside all this candy that i had stockpiled for a hilariously sugar-fueled scream fest i i just like was left feeling so unsatisfied with how my night ended yeah, because that was not that was not the plan at all. You were trying to have fun. Yeah, and I'm doing extra life next month. So how am I going to stream extra life if I don't have a stream machine? Time now, for one of us to loan you ours. Oh, one thing that you can do, you can try. You can do everything that you would do to stream, and then just record to your local machine instead. That will basically stress test everything. That'll stress test the encoder, everything except the network connection. So unless the network connection is the faulty part, you will find out what's wrong. Or rather, if there's something wrong. I'll find out with a series of my computer just turning itself off. Yeah. Now, my other option yeah. is to run throttle stop all the time. So that my, my is CPU stop? is just um, very, very, very slowed down. Uh, I don't know what throttle stop is either. I've never heard of this utility. Oh, okay. The name makes me think that it stops the CPU from throttling if it hits, like, over temperature. So, Which without, sounds like a very bad thing. Without getting too deep into the weeds, there is actually a tool named Throttle Stop. It gives you a whole bunch of um, options with which to play with the performance of your machine. One of them is to actually just disable all core temperature monitoring and just let your cores run as hot as they want to. The other one Mm. is to throttle your CPU so that it never exceeds a certain temperature limit. But what that does is it kind of slows down the, the rate at which your CPU is actually run. So it makes them a little bit dumber and a little bit slower. Like every processor Intel AMD for the last 25 years has had its uh, TJ Maxx, and that is a temperature at which, if you reach that temperature, it throttles itself down. Yeah. It slows itself down, yeah, but I sometimes think, very dramatically. I think what Nancy is saying is this is the utility that she's using does helps do that, but you can set it at a lower than default. Correct. Interesting. So I can try Although, and run in very, very, very safe mode. 
but I don't think it's going to do well. So uh, the other part of this, too, is that... I wouldn't recommend it. Well, the other part of this, too, is that uh, apparently, and I didn't know this, Phasmo has been known for being extremely resource-intensive, so much so Mm -hmm. that even people who regularly stream it experience stuttering on their streams or the sound stutters or the stream cuts out. It's just a very common thing, apparently. Yeah. Phasmo is so poorly optimized it's a very that there's like two game. or three other games that are exactly the same that are just Phasmo but optimized. I feel like I should just play those games then. I can't remember the names of them right now. Yeah, I don't I don't this is the first I didn't realize I don't they're... know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, I also don't know what he's talking about, so I'm 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 learning a new thing today. Like uh, one of them is basically literally Phasmo but a different name. One of them is in the same vein as Phasmo. I can't remember what the name is, but with that one, instead of hunting the ghost and figuring out what it is, you have to, like, collect goats from around the house and sacrifice them to seal the ghost. <laughs> what? Yes. That one That one is much different. Yeah, sounds like it. So it's but anyway. like Phasmo, when... except it's much different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dio and we don't, used to know, play and we don't know the name all the time. Dio used to play Phasmo frequently. I did. I love Phasmo. They would scream so loud that it would shake the house. I do be a screamer. I am very easily jump scared. And I tried Phasmo a couple times. I'm not really much of a, a a horror game player, but I wanted to go in guns a blazing. So I went in with VR. I went in Phasmo VR. Oh my god, right you actually bat. played it in VR. And I, I hated it. It was So part of it is the way that I played it. Part of it is just that it's not the type of game that I wanted to play. I understand Phasmo, and that's why I shouldn't have even tried it. I wanted to punch the ghost in the face. I wanted to go, and because I was in VR, it felt like I could do that. But you can't do that. You that's can't not, do that. That's not a mechanic this in the game. game. Yeah, it does not yeah. exist in this game. Now, on top of that, because I'm not a regular player, because I only play it every now and then, I'm basically in it for, like, a tourist mode, you know? I, I have no idea what I'm doing, and so I have to act- actively ask what to do. I'm basically an automaton for the other people to verbally uh, 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 <laughs> direct direct because if I'm not doing that, I literally have no idea what I'm even supposed to be doing in the game. Look, this I was supposed no to be my idea. first experience. I wasn't supposed to know what I was doing either. And like, I didn't even get to that. I got to the point where I was just like, this is kind of I... creepy. Don't love it. And then that and was then it. The- PC was like, and you don't get to experience the rest of this or mm-hmm. anything else for that matter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that's okay. All I remember is that my first Phasmo experience ended with me almost always dying first and then just dancing around the ghost as it killed everyone else. <laughs> what? Gosh. I didn't even yep. know you could do that. I will perhaps amuse myself with the fact that if I'm terrible at the game, I can also resort to Angelo's tactics. Indeed. Indeed. Well, uh, if you're playing in VR, yes. Yep, you can always Fortnite dance on well, see, spooky ghosts. Here's the thing. I moved to a different VTuber model recently because I noticed how intensive Faz could be when I tried to boot it up. So yeah. it was just 
already something where I was having to cut things out of my regular streaming capabilities just to make it happen. So if I am getting to a point where I just can't even have VTuber rigging running, then why bother? Um, yeah, that's fair. That's a fair point. Especially if like if that that's the thing you always want to enjoy when you get like a new a new VTuber setup, right? My little marshmallow Benui was ready to be absolutely terrified. And it didn't get to be terrified. It did not get to be a terrified Benui. Terrified. Yeah. But, How horrible. Mm, How horrible. But you know what's but not I, horrible? Uh-huh. Other VTuber debuts that have been happening. Yeah, I got to do uh, a VTuber debut last week on Friday, Um, which I was very excited for. Um, I learned a lot of lessons, like if I set, you know, creative projects for myself, maybe don't go on vacation and then come back and think that I'm going to have like the energy and the time to get all of those creative projects done on like a timeline that was maybe not the smartest decision i did get it done though um i really wanted to i've I've been streaming on twitch for this is my six year anniversary so six years yeah yeah six years and i guess i've had a vtuber mascot for the past two of them has it only been two i thought it's been like almost three years maybe it was three it's either two or three um but one thing that I really wanted to enjoy or really wanted to do was, one, my existing VTuber model, I love it, but the design was very simple because I don't really have a good design sense myself. <laughs> so I wanted to commission someone else to be to take, you know, I have this idea, I have this concept, I have like a skeleton of what I want things to look like, but like, can you put an artist's magic touch on it to make it something really good? And I was able to do that and also uh, expand my model because my existing model was a bust up. So it was only from the chest upwards. So I didn't Mm -hmm. have um, I didn't have like a torso. I didn't have legs. I was like, I want to have a full body so I can, you know, dance around in my little my little mascot on screen. Um, So I got to do that. And and so I have a whole new design. The new concept is uh, a clone. Uh, so I, you know, I put together this little miniature set and filmed like with a real camera, a a lore video to tell the story of this clone character. Uh, and, and I got to show that off to my community on as as like a six year anniversary present. Um, I found personally, I thought the idea of making a lore video with like a miniature set and puppets was so unique that I really loved it. I vibed with it. Uh, lore videos are a big thing for a lot of VTubers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they're like semi-animated or just a bunch of still frames or things like that. For the the largest of the large VTubers, your Iron Mouses and Zentreas, they might be like full animated uh, pieces of media. Mm-hmm. But I a, a little miniature set with printed out paper dolls and things of that nature... It was just really fun, really good, mm. and uh, I got to be the narrator on the video. It was very enjoyable. Yeah. Aww. Well, and that was the thing was like a, a big thing for VTubers is to have a lore video. In my uh, with my original VTuber model, my original mascot, I didn't really have a lore. Like there wasn't really a story, and and for a long time, like there was kind of a I, the, the the sort of ongoing joke was whatever my community comes up with, that's the lore now. No matter how absurd, no matter how much it doesn't make any sense, like, that's the lore now. At like, one point, weren't you a tooth-eating gremlin? Correct. 
Okay. Yes, that was the official lore. Okay. Um, and so it was like, okay, well, this time I want to, I had like a really cohesive design that someone, you know, I paid someone to, to build for, to, to design for me. And, you know, I get to own it and it's mine forever. And uh, it's a really cohesive design. So I'd really like to have like a nice cohesive story to go around around it and mm -hmm. i thought a lot about you know i could commission someone to do a lore video for me like you know i could pay for some still arts and you know have some narration and some voice work over top and you know it's basically a slideshow or an animatic but and, and that's what a lot of vtubers do and i think it's really great um i know that i would personally never have the budget to do like a like a full animated feature um, to put the budgets into perspective, we've had some friends who've been looking into commissioning like full, uh, fully animated uh, lore videos or music videos or things like that. A fully animated three minute music video can cost you 35,000 US dollars. Yeah, they can be very expensive to have. Mm -hmm. It's expensive to pay animators to work. And, yes, well deserved. And, exactly, well deserved. Um, I knew that was not within the realm of my budget no. and the biggest thing was that i wanted to do it myself um i uh like you know i'm not a very skilled like drawing artist per se um in terms of you know how i like to express myself with art it's mostly with crafting and so that's usually like foam crafting to make cosplay props or like textile crafting to make costumes like that's the kind of stuff i like to do to like express myself as an artist. I'm not really a skilled, you know, drawing artist or painting artist. So, you know, there's no way that I could draw or animate my own video. But I thought, you know, I am skilled at crafting. What if I craft the set that I want to film the video on? You know, I do have some skills with videography and photography. Um, why don't I just do it myself? And so I got to do it myself, which was really cool. Do it a yourself. Yeah, which was which was really enjoyable because I think that's like kind of one of the fun parts of being like a virtual idol. I, I put that in, in square scare scare quotes with my fingers. Um, but uh, a big part of being a VTuber is is it's 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 sort of like the intersection of like you know traditional. East Asian and Japanese idol culture where, you know, your maybe your music is a little cringy or a little cheesy, but it's the lyrics you wrote yourself or it's the dance you put together yourself. And, you know, you you worked really hard. And as you improve, you're getting bigger and you're you're getting better. And it's, a you know, the improvements in your music and your costume and your song and your dance are all these gifts that you give back to your community. And so for me getting to make my own video was sort of like an homage to that in getting mm -hmm. to like use my own artistic skills to give this gift back to my community as opposed to just, you know, budgeting a whole bunch of money and paying other people to do absolutely everything. I agree. Nice. Yeah. It was That's really wonderful. fun. I'm glad you had a nice re-debut. I did. It was so much fun. I uh, I will say we, we stayed up the night before to finish filming uh, until midnight. And then I had the day off work. I, I, I'm very proud of myself that I planned to take the day off work because I did spend that entire day off editing hmm. what we had finished filming the night before. 
Very nice. So definitely in the future, I would give myself more time than I thought I needed if I want to ever make another sort of like 3D set filmed video type of thing ever again. Uh, I will give myself more time, but I'm very happy and proud that I got to see it through to the end. And I'm really glad that so many people got to enjoy it. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, we have, uh, we already have a little mini stream like lined up for when we put those little adorable edible sets together. Yeah, we get to have like, we get to be like matching cute little anime characters together while we make uh, a pop and cooking. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm very excited about that. I am very excited about that. Pop and mm-hmm. cooking is one of the most inter- interesting kind of candy kits that I've ever come across. I know. I can't wait. I haven't put one of these together since like I was 12. I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be, I've, I've, I bought four of them. I've put together two and I've saved two specifically to do, uh, as a stream activity. So I'm excited to get to, to do one with Nancy. Well, here's, here's the thing about those. When I was 12, they only had so many things you could do with a little kit like that. Yeah. Whereas now. Now the technology's evolved so much that there's a lot more that you could do. And they've also become a lot more intricate. Yeah, like there's a, such a big variety of them. There's so many different flavors and there's so many different like things that they've come up with for how to construct a, can- a candy mm-hmm. that it's just like, whoa. The last set that Dio and I did together had you building all the different pieces, all the different components of like a cake kit. Yeah. And then assembling all those different components into like a cake with mm-hmm. with like double layers cream between each layer wow yeah. the gummy strawberries and fruits on top it was crazy a little the mini piping bag oh my god was a, a, a whole plate set it was made to look like a plate set so you could look, make it look like a fancy dessert set yeah it was crazy it was really detailed and intricate it was so much fun and then i remember the first one that we ever did was like a, a, a ramen and yakitori kit. Yes, that's right. And it right. was so crazy because this little bowl of ramen, it looked like an inch and a half wide bowl of ramen. The noodles looked like real ramen noodles. The broth looked like real ramen broth. And then you ate it and it tasted like Coca-Cola. Yeah, it tasted, it was like soda flavored. <laughs> I never that's bizarre to those to combination me. of words ever again. <laughs> that's a little bizarre to me. It's like I'm eating a miniature ramen, but it tastes like Coca-Cola. Yeah. It like, was very mentally distressing. It was it was a very weird I loved experience. It. it was really great. I could imagine. I will say that pop and cooking doesn't taste like the best candy in the world. But let's be real. That's not the point. Yeah, no. the point that's isn't the, point the is candy. Really, that's like saying like, mm, Kinder Surprise, that chocolate is kind of mid. Yeah, of course the chocolate's mid, but that's because you get a little toy in the middle of and it. And you get to put the yes. toy together. Like, that's the but fun. Here's the, the thing. Here's the thing. They need to make adults Kinder Surprises. Adult yes. Kinder the Surprises. Same company, the yes. same company that makes Kinder Surprises is the same company that makes Ferrero Rocher. So if I were to get a Ferrero Rocher wrapped, uh, Lego, uh, like Lego, yeah, 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 like toy, that's the good shit. Oh my god! I don't listen. I need the I need the Ferrero Rocher company to understand that we need this. Like I no. want a I want. What sort of toys would you like to see in an adult themed Kinder Surprise? Honestly, like, I just want better stuff that was from my childhood when toys were better. 
Yeah. So are because you now they like, just get little. Do you like, remember mechanics where it was the, the sheets cardboard. of metal that you actually bolted and nutted together? Oh wow! Are you thinking things like that? I. What did you just say? <laughs> uh, so they're like <laughs> mechanics toys. Think of like Kmex or like adult Lego, like uh, uh, the Lego Technic sets. Yeah. Except actually metal with real nuts and bolts that you put together. No, I don't think that's what Jay wants. Yeah, I think Jay no. walked into a couple of syllables that uh, cut off a lot of context. Yeah, I think what Jay wants is like, think about like the little, do you remember when we went to Japan and I caught like the little gotcha opponent? It was like a miniature, like they had like the little miniature trains and like the little miniature food sets. And the idea is you take them home and you kind of unpack them and you, and you put them together and it's almost like a little plamod set. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I so think Jay wants something like that. Yeah. So, or like, what if? What if there was a chocolate egg and you bit into it and you got in the little capsule inside? It was a terracotta pot with dirt starter and herb leaves. Ooh. So you could eat the chocolate and get an herb garden out of it. Wow, that's that's highly specific and that's I kind of so love it. So specific. I am kind of into it though. Yeah, me too. What if One you time... got like No. Very nice. I don't want nice that. looking jewelry. One like maybe time, not like nope, actual gold or that. silver, but like a good looking stainless steel chain. Okay, so, so those is... do exist in the yeah. form of bath bombs. Yeah, there are so, bath really? bombs and there are yes. candles. Yeah. Oh yeah, candles too. Yeah. Actually, that does sound like the adult equivalent of a Kinder Surprise. Then, but I want to no. know what I want to know what That's... I want to know what Jay wants. Like, I want I do want the chocolate version. I just I want Ferrero Rocher with like the hazelnut filling and the nicer chocolate. Maybe it comes in a dark chocolate variation as uh, Ferrero Rocher does. And then I just want like something that like an adult would want to fiddle with, but doesn't necessarily want to commit to. Like that's what that's what a toy should be for an adult. So a Ferrero Rocher. With a two by two piece of uh, of uh, bubble wrap inside. <laughs> no, I want like a. I want one of those little, uh, you know, like you can you can assemble little like toothpick shooters and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh yes. I want yes. Something like, that. like a yes. little mini slingshot. Yeah. One time or, or I got like... a little Kinder Surprisey type thing, but inside it was a little like Lego set to put the the Android mascot together, because it was oh. like a thing that they were giving oh, away at like some Google event, and it was like, oh, this is kind of cute, and yeah, hundred percent. The joy I got out of that was for building the little yeah. Android dude, not not the chocolate, not anything yeah. else. I don't. See, that's kind of the problem with uh, with me and Plamod in general. I like the building process, but once I'm done, I, like, I'm I may as well I don't just need give this it away. Anymore. Yeah, you're like, I got my enjoyment from it in the yeah. act of building it. Mm-hmm. So One of the things that I love... A Ferrero Rocher with acrylic Odafest charms inside. Ooh! Okay, I would be into that, actually. Okay. That would be kind of cool. My ears are perked. Um, but I was going to say when I was one of the things that I loved and I would love to see this in a, in like a chocolate, like this would, this would really fit the theme. When we mm-hmm. were in the Narita airport, there was a gachapon machine with gachapon machines inside it. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Yes, I've seen those. And so, and so you take it home and it's like a, you, it, it has a little sticker sheet and, um, and, and you, you put all the little plastic pieces together and it's a miniature 
gachapon machine. And it has little balls that go in the miniature gachapon machine and a little mini dial and it spins and you could you can actually do the gachapon in the gacha. I'm like, I, I'm obsessed with this. Me. That reminds me. Um, I, I don't remember. I don't think it's an official Lego thing. Or if it is, it might be exclusive to like Asia region or, Jap- or Japan region. But um, so Rob uh, S. has these little uh, model sets essentially uh-huh. i think there's one of like he has of like a lawson's or like a 7-eleven oh where my it's, god like, literally like it's a mini little set and then it has a little parking lot a little sign, oh my god i want got, like, that and it's got the you know like the 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 conveni- the combini signage up top and it's just it's a little store and i think that's, that's just so really cute. cute yeah i want it's that maybe, it's maybe like six inches by four inches at most or something like that that's really it's really nice i wish the viewers could see my so face so a very I'm large so ferrero rocher with a five to six inch lego set inside of yes. it yes i'm okay mm, yes. with that i need that I, so bad i'm okay with that Mm-mm. a ferrero rocher the size of an ostrich egg <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> honestly yeah I'm an adult i'm an adult yes. yeah i need yes. a bigger chocolate yeah we need yes. the big boy chocolate we need we adult need chocolate with adult episode. bacon in it. Adult bacon. Ooh. Adult bacon. Yeah. Yeah. I could go for some of that on next week's episode of the Odafest Podcast. Okay. Next week's episode. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Set